in one accord. That is why a Honda is a biblical car. Uh, one accord. Um, <coughs> all right, so we are having a fun time in our real church series, kind of running through it. I've gone through most of the lessons. Some of them I actually skipped because uh, um, some of them are actually kind of admonishing lessons. Can I say that? Did I say that right? Admonishing? Um, uh, and I like Pastor to do that. Uh, this is an encouraging class. No, he's an encourager. Pastor is an encourager. He really is. But, uh, you know, there's just some things you, you read less, you start with the lesson, I go, no, I just don't feel it. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. So Pastor and I talked about that. I've even done lessons where I said, I'm not really in with the notes, so we have to adjust them a bit or whatever. But this one does touch uh, it, being a teacher, you know, a coordinator with um, Financial Peace University and stuff like this. It's about giving. Yes, there we go on giving. Now, we are the core church here. This is the church organized in the Sunday school. So, most likely, we will all, all understand giving. So, we are going to look at the, the, the example of giving and uh, the people of giving, and, and we'll, we'll look at what Paul talks about when he's talking about Macedonia and talking to the Corinthians. But giving really is the ultimate test of your faith in God. Because our finances, money, ties so closely to us. Whether you say it doesn't or does, does it does. It, it's something that we strive for. We all want to be successful. And how do you define success? Some people define it by money. Um, most people define it by money many times. So, um, but whether you're rich or poor, giving is an important part of the Christian life. It's an important part of everybody's life. And we'll see some statistics here, pretty interesting, but they actually do make sense when we, when we look at some uh, uh, American st statistics when it comes to giving. But giving is such an integral part of our worship to the Lord. And if we get hold of this, if we, if, if we don't, if we can't see, it's a, it's a, we've said it before, it's a math that doesn't work. But God is creator of math. God's creator of science. God's creator of all things. But in our mind, it doesn't work. When we get to heaven, he'll show us the algebraic or our calculus equation. We're going to go, oh, that's all I needed to know. I mean, it's lots of things in heaven that, that you, you just, you, you're just going to want to ask about. Uh, in my mind, if I'm reading a story, a little aside here, if I'm reading a story and just reading about something that says, I want to meet that person in heaven. I want to ask them about that situation. Show me the, show me the film reel of that situation that happened. I, just, I think we're just going to have that. I think we're gonna, everything's going to come to light with what's happened. But when it comes to giving, it is a true test of our faith in God. If God says, give a tenth, and we're struggling to give a tenth, is our faith truly in God that he'll do what he says he'll do? So I, one, of the, one of the reasons I say I'm a budget person, we'll talk a little, for a minute, just talk about a budget, but I'm a budget person. I try to have the tithe and everything at the top, just because it just makes it easier. It just makes it easier. It's not the leftover. It just makes it easier going, this is what I'm working with after that. God, what can you do with that? So, so we're going to be talking about real giving, and we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Uh, a lot of verses here, but we'll break them down. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. It's, um, 
it's uh, Paul talking to the Corinthians about uh, the church in Macedonia. Now, Macedonia is in northern Greece, um, very poor church, but these people were liberal in the giving sense, not liberal in the political sense. Liberal, they were just, they were givers. They, they got it and they gave. And so he's kind of, a, so this is kind of a little admonishment that he's given to, Ma, to the Corinthians because the Corinthians were kind of well off. They were actually, they were doing well in the, in the human sense when it came to finances and things like that. And he was going, you know, the Macedonians, they, they gave pretty well to the church in Jerusalem, which was struggling and they needed, it was, it was, a, it was an above offering to um, Jerusalem. And so, um, so he's kind of uh, reminding them of a commitment that they had made a year ago. So in, in 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 14, let's read this out of the Bible. Moreover, brethren, uh, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in the gr- a great trial of affliction and abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us much, uh, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did as we, ho- as we hoped, but first gave of their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Insomuch that we desired Titus that he had begun, had begun, and so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as ye abound in everything in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. For ye know the grace of our, our Lord Jesus Christ, that through though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, and that ye through his po- poverty might be rich. And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you who have begun, begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. This is, that's the reminder. A year ago you made the decision. Now therefore, perform the doing of it, that... As there was a readiness of will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. For if there first be a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to uh, that he hath not. For I mean that other men be eased and ye burdened, but by an equality that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. <sighs> okay, Paul writing. You, you know how I, I, sometimes it's hard for me to read Paul, but just, just because he's, he's smart. He's really smart. But this real giving. So he's, he's talking to the Corinthians. Um, th- this giving is a rigorous test of our faith in God. And so uh, he, is, uh, he is trying to communicate uh, a historical uh, commitment that you made in Corinth to Jerusalem, and, and he's reminding them of what the Macedonians had done. Um, now, giving, uh, the founda- foundational truths of Christian giving is not a debt you owe, but a seed you sow. Yes, we do owe a debt to the Lord for what he's done for us. But it's also a seed, it's an investment into eternal things. Um, it's kind of fun to say to somebody, if you, if you ever meet somebody in the outside world, and they say, what are you investing in? Gold, silver, jewels. 
That's really what you're investing in when you're investing in the, in, in the Lord. You're investing in those eternal things that can't be counted, can't be lost with the, with the stock market. But that's the only commodity that I, that I ever uh, say, gold, silver, jewels, things like that. But that is an investment, internal investment. So how did he describe, he was trying to describe that, hey, you're an affluent city in Corinth. These guys weren't. They did a great job. I'm encouraging you to fulfill your commitment. So how do you do this? The reason that Macedonians were able to do this is, number one, their passion for giving. They had a passion for giving. And it came out of a passionate heart. Back in verse 1 through 4, Moreover, brethren, uh, we do you to wit the grace of God bestowed in the churches of Macedonia, how that in great trial of affliction and abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Uh, for to their power I bear record, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us much entreaty that we would receive the gift, that we would take what they had and take it upon the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. They, they had a passion uh, for giving, and it was developed by, that passion came from God's grace. By the way, God's grace. Um, we in, of, in and of ourselves can't do it, but God can. And he gives us the grace to do that. Uh, whether we have one dollar or we have a million dollars, he gives us the grace to do it. Um, uh, back to chapter uh, verse one. Moreover, brethren, we do to wit the grace of God bestowed. It was given. It was empowered unto the churches of Macedonia. Um, we can feel self-sufficient, uh, but when we when we in our lives get more self-sufficient, look what I've done. Look what I've done. Our propensity to give actually goes down. Um, uh, and so he's trying to encourage them that don't let that happen. Don't let this propensity that you guys are doing well, that you, you that you, that you're abounding, but, um, you need to, you, it's God's grace on you. Let God bestow grace on you to use his power to give. And so, um, uh, <clears throat> so now, now in the first, second Corinthians eight, seven, Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in, fa in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence, in your love to us, see that you abound in grace also. So he's encouraging that God is the one who gives, uh, uh, gives that ability to give through his grace. Uh, we need only God's grace to enable us. Uh, if you have guilt-motivated uh, motives, guilt-motivated guilt to give, uh, it's going pr to produce bitterness. If you have greed motivated, it's going to produce unrealistic expectations. If you're giving to obligate God materially to give back, uh, you're going to miss the joy of giving and you might be disappointed. Sometimes God doesn't give back monetarily. He might give you that, that heart that, that you were blessed because you gave. And you saw somebody else was blessed because of your giving. Um, Mark 12, 41 through 44. And Jesus sat over against the church. There's a great story here. If I had a flannel graph, it would be it. But um, Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow. And she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto his disciples and said unto them, Verily unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in that all than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in their abundance. But she of her want 
she cast all that she had, even all of her living. This is one of the ladies I want to meet in heaven. I want to know what happened after she rose. We don't know that. She could have gone to be with the Lord the next day. We don't know. She could have lived a long life and seen God bless. She could have had a, a cruise of oil that we don't know. But this old, this, I would love to know what happened. But God made a, made a point to point her out that she gave trusting God. And in obedience, she gave. So, um, so giving was developed by God's grace. And it's demonstrated by God's people. These, uh, these people gave sacrificially, the folks in Macedonia. Uh, they were great in poverty. But they gave. They had an overwhelming desire to give. Uh, so how could these folks give uh, for Macedonia? Well, number one, they had willing hearts. They had willing hearts. 2 Corinthians 8, 3, For the power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. Sacrificial giving can only be begin with a willing heart. Ephesians 5, 1, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. They also had ministering hearts. They knew what it would be used for. They knew they wanted to see the work of God accomplished. Praying us with much entreaty out of verse 4 that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. They knew that their, connect, their, their giving would be connected to God's work and God's people. They were giving an investment into eternity through their giving. And they knew that. Uh, Matthew 6, 19 through 20. Lay up not for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal but lay for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt where thieves do not break through or steal boy look at the stock market right now you go wow guys i don't think it's gonna get any better right now i think it's gonna get a little worse but dustin and i were talking yesterday it's not time timing the market it's time in the market god's time in the market so um, that was just a little aside, a little, little freebie there. But, but treasures in heaven don't, aren't affected by that. They're, they're, we can lay up treasures in heaven. That's what the Macedonian people were. They, they recognized they wanted, they wanted their giving tied to the ministry. Now I'm so, That's one of the reasons why in our church we're so diligent about where money goes. If you have a giving card and you write on there, um, uh, for such and such, or for, um, for a program, or for, you know, because uh, I'll tell you, if you, if you, any of our new Christians, if you give a tithe, tithe goes to the church, and, it go, and, the, and the church will use it in the general budget. If you identify anything, it will go to that thing. By law, and just by conscience, we're going to make sure that we put the money where people have determined that it should go. So, um, so, so that's, that's, that's the offering, you know, those things above and beyond. So I encourage you, write things if you want, want to. But it's one of the things that changed, like when we first came here, we were, we were doing missions out of the general, general budget. And then we had a missions conference, and we decided to make it faith, faith giving, um, sacrificial giving for missions. So, so and, and it took a little while for people to transition, because they would think that their tithe was going to missions. But no, it was, so if you made your commitment, you needed to say, what you were doing, but, but that, 
but when we identify things, we will, we will do that. The church will do that, and it's very important. Um, so, um, but these people, they tied their giving to the ministering of, of folks. And why, how? Number three, sacrificial hearts. And this they did as we hoped in verse 5, but gave their own selves to the Lord as unto the will of God. They had first consecrated themselves to the Lord, and they had these sacrificial hearts. Romans 12.1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. When, when we give, we are literally saying, Lord, I give myself to you. I trust my future with you. And we have folks who are still struggling with that 10%. Um, and I want to encourage, if you haven't tried it, trust God, do it for 90 days, see what happens. I'm not going to say he's going to give you uh, everything back. He may. But I bet you he's going to give you everything you need. And you might even wonder, like, where did that come from? Or how did, how did that budget work this month if you're using your budget? Which you should be. Which you should be. So grace-filled giving always comes back to the issues of the heart. And the Macedonian Christians had the hearts to give through God's grace. So uh, we need to develop that. So they had a passion for giving. And their perspective uh, in giving. Number two, their perspective in giving. First, they wanted to finish their commitment. Um, this is one that I actually had to work with uh, being in the military and moving around a lot. As I've told you my story, when we came here, uh, we gave pastor a two-year timeline. We said, we're all in for two years because we'll get an assignment. <laughs> well, the Lord changed that. That's okay. But, but truthfully, um, my wife and I made, made a commitment that we would be part of a church, a local assembly, wherever God put us, because he'd give us that church. And, and so we're all in for the two years. We're all in. We didn't, because I, 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 I did know folks that would, military folks, that some would, uh, I'm not going to make deep friends because I'm going to be leaving. Uh, you're missing an opportunity. And, and being a part of a church helps you to develop a friendship and family, church family. And so we, we determined to, now all of a sudden, we're in churches that have um, building programs and have missions giving. And so, so uh, one of the areas of, of, uh, uh, of giving is when you, uh, wherever you are, where, where you are assigned, this is, your, this is your assigned place, this is your church. So, so the tithe belongs to the church. Give it to, give it to your church. Even if you're out visiting, you might give a little offering to a, to a church if you're visiting, but, uh, but your tithe belongs here. Now, likewise, like my daughter goes to school in um, Pensacola, and she gets paid from them, and when she's there, and she's, she's actually part of that church. So her tithe should go to that church because they're ministering to her. They're, they're there for her. It's a campus church for them. So, but when she's here and she's, if she's making money doing whatever she did, she should tithe at, at her local church. Now, the commitments of, of grace giving and, and uh, um, uh, promissory giving. What happens when I, when I leave? You should fulfill your commitment. Okay, so there were times we actually would move in the summer, but three months before we had have a, had a, a commitment for a year to give something to a building program or to, to emissions uh, for a year. So, so for a while there, we were tithing at a new church, but we were sending um, commitments or building programs that we might never see again. Missionaries that we might never see or are hear reports from. 
Uh, many we have. We have things pretty amazing. But, but uh, when we left, we, we made sure we wanted to finish our commitment because we promised that to God. I didn't promise it to a church. I promised it to God. So, so uh, uh, the perspective, they wanted to finish their commitment. Uh, if you look at in verse 6 and 10, uh, in so much that we desire Titus that as he had begun, so he would finish in you the same grace also. Go to 10, and herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you who have begun before, not only to do, but also to be full, forward a year ago. So he's, he's challenging the folks at, at, at uh, Corinth. You made a commitment. Let's follow through. The Lord's going to bless you. Um, David, uh, we even see in the Old Testament, David challenged uh, Solomon to follow through on what God had given him to do. In Chronicles 28, 20, uh, David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and of good courage and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, will be with you, and he will not fail thee for, nor forsake thee until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. So uh, a heart of willingness is not enough if we lack the trust in God to actually do it. Trust God. Finish the tithe. Now the tithe, as we said, is 10%. Malachi 3.10, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. This is all just a, a, a teaching about the tithes. That there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. So, uh, again, he's, uh, there's a commitment, your, your tithe, it's commitment, uh, but, but it's, it should be more than that. So they, had a, they wanted to finish their commitment. Letter B, they wanted to, to focus on Christ. Why? Because they wanted to focus on Christ. Uh, in, in verses 8 and 9, And I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, to prove the sincerity of your love. There's another time we see the word prove. Prove the sincerity of your love. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor that ye through his poverty might be rich. Uh, the Christian life, especially Christian giving, will never make sense until eyes, your eyes are focused on Jesus. It realigns your perspective in giving. So they had this focus on Christ. They wanted to uh, prove their love for Christ. Romans 5, 8, And God commendeth his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ was the model. He gave it all for us. And so he, he proved to us his love for us. God proved his love for us by giving his only son. <clears throat> Philippians 2, 5 and 8. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. So this be in you, that also Christ Jesus. Be who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man. And being in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So they wanted to, they wanted to show their, their focus on Christ. Christ had proved himself uh, as a loving Savior who gave himself for us, gave everything. So we can't give enough. So they had a, per, a passion for giving, their perspective in giving, and their performance in giving. How do they do in their performance of giving? 
he didn't admonish the Corinthian church to have a, uh, he, he didn't just admonish them to have a heart for giving, but he challenged them to follow through in their giving, the execution of giving. After pointing to the Corinth, um, he said, you made your commitments a year ago, and now it's time to execute. 2 Corinthians 8, 11 through 12. Now therefore perform the doing of it, that as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also of that which ye have. For if there first be a willing mind, it is accepted according uh, to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. So uh, we're going to see the execution of giving. Uh, after a church service, when a pastor shared with his congregation their need for a new Sunday school building, a lady approached the pastor. I'm so glad you said you didn't know who was going to be giving uh, to help pay for this building. Because for a minute there, I thought you were going to ask us. <laughs> Sometimes the mind we have. But uh, this point of execution, uh, it's vital of our, uh, of, to our giving. <clears throat> Interestingly, Paul was care careful to instruct Corinthians to give from what they have. Um, there's a lot, there's a, very easy to look at others and say, they, they, oh, they probably can do that really easy. They can give. But we shouldn't. We need to look internal. And say, God, what, what, will you, what would you have me to give? And he provides, uh, he provides everything we have to give. Um, we, we talked in Ramsey a few times in, in Financial Peace uh, when it comes to being indebted uh, to others. That um, no matter if you're indebted to others or, or you don't have any debts, um, we are indebted to the Lord. And... Uh, and so the tithe is his, whether you've got debt or not. Um, but not necessarily if, if you've got a, a debt and it's hard to tell a landlord, I'm not going to give you rent today because I'm giving to the missions program at church. That's not right. That's not good for our testimony. Um, but when we put God first, I don't think, we, and, and we have that perspective, I don't think we'll ever get to that point. If we... If we have our tithe correct, we, if we have, have our trust, not just if our trust is in the Lord correctly, I don't think we can get to that point. That's, I think that's more of a heart issue, um, trying to maybe manipulate God, saying, well, I'm going to give to this missions program, so you'll, you'll, you'll help me out, and then I'll pay my debts. Well, that, that landlord might go, I don't care about your missions program. I care about the fact that I need to keep this place running, and you owe me, you owe me rent. Whatever. But God... Uh, he gives us what we need to execute. And so um, we have an unnamed woman in the Bible out of Mark 14, 8. She gave what she had in honor of the Lord. And it was she had, uh, the, the woman with the alabaster box. If, uh, in Mark 14, 8, uh, she hath done what she could. She came beforehand to anoint my body for, to the burying. Um, he was, Jesus was talking about that alabaster box that was poured out on him where many people scoffed they were looking outside of themselves they were looking at others and they weren't looking internal and they thought what she did was wasteful and he said no she gave what she had um, <clears throat> Psalms 116, 12 and 17 and 18 what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me Number 17, I will offer to thee sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of his people. So 
God wants us to, we need to execute our giving. We need to, out of what we have, what, what, what the Lord's bestowed. Now, is it wrong to ask God to give you more so you can give more? I don't think so. I don't want to necessarily ask him so I can, for my personal gain, because then my heart's probably going to go the wrong direction. But I don't think there's anything wrong asking God to enable you more. Um, and he might. If he doesn't, maybe he's just saying, hey, you're not really putting all your trust in me yet. I don't know. But, um, but this execution of giving, we, we, with what we have, that's where we, we start with. And then an equality of giving, that same thing. Um, in 13 and 15 of our text, for I, I mean not that other men be eased and ye burden. I'm not, they're not going to have it easy and ye burden. But by inequality, and this is one of the few times we see the word equality. Um, I don't like it in today's society, how they, how they try to talk about equality. But in here, the, he's talking about giving. But by inequality, that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want that their abundance may also be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. As it is written, he ha that hath gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. Who, what was he referring to when he was talking about that? Anybody remember? He, that, that one line right there, he that, had, uh, he that had gathered, as it is written, so he's talking about the Old Testament, he that had gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. Talking about the manna in Exodus 16. And the children of Israel did so and gathered some more, some less. And when they did meet it with, their, with an omer, he, he that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. You know, it's, it's, if you think about it, look at the family unit. Some of us have big families, some of us have small families. God provides for the big family as he provides for the small family. Same thing. So um, he, he takes care of us. Uh, uh, based on uh, an equality, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of you just as much as I'm going to take care of you. Not because you're serving in ministry and, and, and you're not. I'm going to take care of you. It's a, so, um, so this equality of giving, giving what they had. Now, there's quite interesting. Here's a statistic I'm going to throw out. Time Magazine reported that Mississippi, the state of Mississippi, ranks 49th in per capita, yet in, in the year reported, they averaged $4,070 in charitable giving per person. This made them the second highest in per capita in the country. Massachusetts, on the other hand, ranks fourth in per capita income. Martha Vineyard, I think that's all part of Martha, you know, all that. Um, they rank fourth per capita income, yet the average family only gave $2,600 in charitable giving. Makes them the fourth most wealthy state and the 49th most stingy state. What does that tell you? Pretty amazing. Not surprising, though, I, I believe. So in 1 Corinthians 16, 2, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God hath pr prospered him, that there be no gathering when I come. He's encouraging you to give. Give by God's grace. Execute it. Uh, give. And uh, God will supply. God will supply the need. He will supply um, your needs. Uh, he'll take care of them. So I don't want to be more materialistic than another. Than another. I, I want to depend on God. Uh, a lack of giving is often an indicator of a lack of gratitude 
I want to be, gra- I want to be grateful for what I have. Uh, conversely, freely giving to the Lord often renews the gratitude to Him. When you have an investment um, in something, you invest in you invest in what you love. Some people invest in the Elks Club. Some people invest in a set of golf clubs and a golf course. Used to do that. But when you invest in church, you're 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 invested. I guess it's just the best word. You're invested in it. Um, I like to say when when uh, so you talked about when the military moving around, given to a building program, you know you're not going to be there when you're, when you're going to leave. But it was fun once we knew that we were staying, that when we had a building program, how, man, we give to this building. We get to benefit from it. I get to, my family gets to benefit. There was a little bit of self. I want to say it. There was a little bit of selfishness, selfish giving. Okay, now we're going to get to benefit from it. But it was just, it was just about giving to the Lord. So... Uh, I want to encourage you, uh, giving is a, is a, it's a heart issue. And I'm looking around everybody here, I think we're all doing pretty good with that. But if you aren't, if you're still sitting on the edge going, I don't know, trust me, water's fine, it works, it works. Uh, trust God, he will, uh, you know, he of anybody knows how to give. For you know by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that throw he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, yet that ye through his poverty might be rich. So, not a name and a claim it kind of person. Uh, you give $10, you get $100 back. That's not in the Bible. But um, I will say, if you give what you're supposed to, it, that the Lord puts on your heart, he, uh, he gives you more than anybody could ever calculate. So, an untold gift. So, uh, let's pray, and we'll be dismissed for fellowship and, uh, and others who need to go to classes. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. I just thank you for your truths in the Bible uh, as you teach us and encourage us. And uh, Lord, I just uh, thank you for the great weekend we've had. Lord, what a beautiful day it was yesterday for Sandy and Ryan and, and just seeing the church organized and, and working uh, towards a common goal of, of, uh, of supplying a beautiful wedding uh, towards a loving couple, Lord. And I just thank you for the friends who are here today, uh, the visitors, the just old friends uh, coming back. And uh, just, uh, Lord, just ask that you just bless our time, bless our, our small fellowship, and bless the time with the pastor as he brings the message you've laid on his heart. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, folks.